damn, I've recorded this episode like five times already. And frankly, I'm getting a little tired of hearing my own voice. Let's hope that I get it right this time so that we can all move on with our lives. Play that future funk, white boy. What's up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of That's My Jam, hosted by your girl Tammy with a Y, keeping it 110% fly. And boy, do I have an episode for you. This week, we talk in the documentary that's making Gen X parents nervous, a French animated film, and Kate Trinata's 2019 album, Bubba. Let's not waste any time and jump right in. So we're going to jump right in into some current events that's been happening. I really just want to discuss this one real quick. I got to give a shout out to Justin Pearson and Justin Jones, two young black Democratic lawmakers from uh, Tennessee. To give you all the short story, basically, the two of them was expelled by the Tennessee legislature um, after participating in a gun control protest. Um And what made the situation worse is is that their white colleague, Representative Gloria Johnson, who also also participated in the same protest, was not expelled. And the reason that these two got expelled in the first place, according to the Tennessee GOP, was that they violated House decorum. Well, it did spark a lot of anger, um, a lot of issues um, on social media and around the nation and by the grace of God and whoever you worship the word spread quickly about the racially discriminatory actions taken against Pearson and Jones and as a result the Tennessee GOP was heavily criticized by many to the point that earlier last week Pearson and Jones were reinstated back into the legislature Justin Pearson gave a awesome powerful speech um after his reinstatement and i can see these two men going a long way when it comes down to politics and i just hope that they continue to just do right by the people that they serve congrats to them again here's my thing i don't really do politics like that in fact i don't even like talking about it (laughs) they say that the three things that you can't talk about with people is politics religion and something else i forgot But basically, the sentiment stays the same. I'm just not that person. (laughs) Um, However, this story was just too interesting for me to not talk about. And I really just wanted to just give them their flowers because they're doing incredible work in Tennessee. And I hope that there will be more uh, politicians, lawmakers, you know, like them um, in the future. So we'll we'll see. In other news, Tyler, the creator's new album, Call Me If You Get Lost, The Estate Sale, has been doing well on the Billboard charts. In fact, um, last week he was number one for his track Dog Tooth. This album just consists of tracks that didn't make the cut from the last album, Call Me If You Get Lost, from 2021. And I personally enjoyed both albums very much. The Estate Sale is definitely worthy of a listen because it has all the songs on there. Um, and also due to Tyler's just 
brilliant piece of work. Um, he's a great producer, great singer, great songwriter. And the album is basically just an expression of his joy and happiness. And he kind of speaks on love and success that it almost feels like a sigh of relief from the artist. He seems so content and so at peace with his life right now. And it just kind of very much shows in the music videos and in the album itself. And that seems to be very absent when we talk about flex culture and rap music, um, where it's like, I got this and I got that and I don't come out the mud and stuff like that. Um, but there's never really this talk about this sort of inner peace. It's always what's, what's happening on the outside, you know, the money and the cars and whatever. But there's never really that much talk about, dang, I'm really content and happy on the inside. And my spirit is just overflowing and I got so much hope for the future type thing. And that is what's represented in Call Me If You Get Lost. And I absolutely enjoy it. Of course, there are some great features um, on the album. We got Lil Wayne, ASAP Rocky, DJ Drama, Pharrell, and many others. So I highly recommend that y'all go and check it out. The last thing I want to discuss real quick is the documentary that's got some Gen X parents, uncles, aunties, and cousins nervous. Y'all, I'm talking about the Hulu documentary called Freaknik. The Wildest Party Never Told. For those that don't really know what Freaknik is, it was basically kind of a festival or a gathering that began um, in Atlanta, Georgia, and it was attended by HBCU students back in 1983. And it just grew to be a much bigger event and ended up becoming kind of a cultural phenomenon. Um, it was kind of like spring break, spring fling, kind of how we how we have it like in current times. Um, it eventually became known for its wild parties, fashion, music, and unfortunately, the many issues that caused it to all end back in 1999. Um, there isn't a release date for the documentary yet, but it hasn't stopped social media for just going ablaze with many who attended Freaknik back in the 90s speaking out. Many aren't feeling it, while others are pretty supportive of it. Um, but a lot of people are recognizing that there are some who are probably reliving some nostalgia of the good old days that probably had good experiences at the festival, while there are many others who are probably reliving some trauma of the events that happened at the festival. So with the announcement of the documentary over the last few weeks, it's definitely sparked a lot of uh, debate and curiosity, especially from millennials or children of the parents that possibly went to Freaknik back in the day, including including myself. Um, and I had already seen the documentary that Netflix put out for the train wreck Woodstock 99 documentary that had many flabbergasted and it sparks a lot of the same conversation that um, is being sparked now. And I can only imagine what this documentary is going to be like. Um, I even discussed the upcoming documentary with my own mom who, by the way, did not attend <laughs> she did not attend she was way too young she didn't she was too young to go and it was nowhere near <laughs> freak neck but um we talked about many of the sensitive topics that may come up during the documentary had a really good conversation and what was really just astonishing about this convo with my own gen x mom was her support and understanding for um, millennials need to kind of uncover and discuss issues that unfortunately have lasting effects on us today that past generations um, want to continue to hide or just never address at all. And she said that she just liked 
the fact that to her um, that we as millennials that um, we don't take no BS from nobody and that we're willing to bring the truth to light in order to better address the issues that plague us today and hopefully create a better future for ourselves in the next generation. And she told me to tell tell millennials this to keep telling it like a T.I. is that is a direct quote. <laughs> That is a direct quote from my mama. So you done heard it from, <laughs> from Mama Tammy. <laughs> and needless to say, I came away from this conversation um, feeling really good. I f didn't feel gas lit or whatever. We had a very interesting civil conversation because even though she was too young to go to Freaknet and thankfully never went, um, but she did grow up in the 90s. And she, we talk about a lot of the sensitive topics when it comes down to um the culture that the 90s was the good and the bad so um, I really did enjoy it and again these are some of the same comments um that I have about Gen Z and Alva Alpha um and that that's the conversation for another day but I really <laughs> I am really feeling G's I am really feeling Gen Z and Alpha I really like them they they are some that's a gutsy generation right there <laughs> so yeah until then we can just only wait to see what's going to happen when the release date comes out for the documentary I think it's going to be really interesting and I hope to learn something from it as well as kind of get an idea of um what was going on around that time and what was the mindset back in those days as well this week I have a movie recommendation for y'all I'm really excited to share it because I think this movie is a absolute masterpiece the triplets of Belleville or less triplets de Belleville was released back in 2003 is a French comedy directed by Sylvain Comet it tells the story of Madame Suaza's journeys um, to rescue her grandson champion after he's kidnapped by a crime syndicate and taken overseas. With nothing but her fierce determination, her dog Bruno, and a unlikely run-in with an aging vaudeville act known as the Triplets of Belleville, they combine their strengths in the hopes of finding and saving her grandson. And I'm going to tell y'all right now, this was an awesome film. It takes a bit to get into due to the fact that the animation is a little strange, and, and again, the story is a little slow to kind of pick up on. Um, but I can guarantee you it really is a fun ride. I want to note that most of the film has no dialogue, so there isn't much need for subtitles. Even if they do speak a little French here and there, you can basically just use your context clues for those little bits of dialogue that do happen. Um, all the story is basically told through the animation and the character design. The animation is 2D, so you're not going to get full-on 3D, whatever. This is complete 2D old school um, type of animation style. The character designs was basically one of my favorite things about this movie. Sylvain Comet is known for doing comics, animation, and uh, film directing. Um, he's done stuff for uh, The Simpsons Couch Gag. He also has done recent films like The Illusionist in 2010 and The Thousand Miles, uh, which is also another animated film that came out in 2017. And his style very much influences the way the animation moves and feels throughout the film. 
the comedy itself is represented in the character design and kind of helps tell the story. For example, um, Champion is a cyclist and he's competing in the Tour de France in the movie. Um, and his design is very exaggerated. He has very exaggerated proportions. He has an elongated face, almost like a horse, bulging eyes. He's very tall. He has a very slim torso. And he has these <laughs> these oversized thigh thighs and calves. <laughs> and it's, it's really funny. Um, another aspect that I love about um, the triplets of Belleville was basically the music score composed by Beno Cherist. The film's opening song, Belleville Rendezvous, um, which the French version and English version are both fine. Um, but the French version I do like the best. Um, and it's sung by Beatrice Bonifaci. Um, it's absolutely great. I recommend listening to the entire soundtrack as it's just very nicely done. And I could go on and on about it, but I don't want to really give any spoilers. Um, if you're looking for something very different to watch, I highly recommend The Triplets of Belleville. It's a funny, heartwarming film that embraces its strangeness and brings a oddly comforting feeling that I am sure y'all are going to enjoy. So definitely check it out. It is on Hulu right now, but you can find it on other platforms. I think you can find it on Amazon as well if you have Amazon Prime, but Hulu definitely is probably the place to go to find it. So far, we've discussed movies, politics, pop culture news, and now the moment of truth, a new album review. This week, I'll be reviewing an album only known as Bubba by Haitian-Canadian DJ producer K. Trinata. He is signed under RCA and XL Recordings. K. Trinata is well known for uh, tracks like You're the One featuring Sid, Chances, At All featuring Hilar Hilar <laughs> At all featuring Hilarity Duff, he's done collabs with many artists such as Kaylee Uchis, Her, Sir, Pharrell, Anderson Pack, and um, most recently Amine. Um, his music consists of a mix of dance, electronic, pop, Afrobeat, bossa nova, soul, R&B, you name it, is there, baby. <laughs> and Bubba is considered his second studio album, but he has crazy amount of mixtapes out. Um, and he released Bubba December 13th, 2019. Um, excuse me, December 13, 2019, uh, Bubba has 17 tracks and runs a little over 50 minutes. So for the first few minutes of listening to Bubba, I knew that this album was going to be vastly different from Kay Trinata's previous album, 99.9%. With 99.9%, Kay Trinata um, displays kind of his love for bossa nova, house, dance, pop. And he gave the listeners the, the kind of the foundation for his sound at that time, demonstrating his skills with producing and kind of forming a overall DJ set experience. With Bubba, he takes that concept and basically makes a whole other monster. And I'm talking about this album fully transports the listeners somewhere far away. I can only describe this album as an Afro-futuristic dance party for one night only in the back alleyway of the streets of Venus in the year 3033, baby. <laughs> and I know that sounds crazy, but I'm going to cut right through the BS. And I'm going to let y'all know that Bubba is a sexy, smooth, sleek, polished album. It's absolutely funky. It's hip-thrusting, gyrating-inducing piece of work. It's got everything. It's got disco, electronic, Afrobeat, synth pop, you name it, it's there. And it's absolutely orgasmic. Um, and it's no wonder that Bubba got two Grammys. I'm just gonna let y'all know right now, that's how good it is. It got two Grammys. 
Bubba really ups the ante through the production, the songwriting, artist collabs, as well as concentrating on themes that mesh well and drives the album forward with each track. From start to finish, you get a singular experience that starts off really nice and easy, then it pumps up the volume in the middle, slows down for a bit, and then finishes with a last call for alcohol. And of course, with every great album, there are always going to be some challenges in the making of one such. And that was really no different for Kay. In fact, he explained in many interviews that he faced some issues with some artists turning down features who were in 99.9% but didn't want to appear or couldn't appear in um, Bubba. He also had to make some readjustments with his creative process. As he said, he was very just kind of used to sending beats to artists and then just letting them do their thing. And he went on to explain that he had to adapt to in-studio sessions with artists close and personal and even though he is a bit of a private person and prefers to kind of work by himself it did work out in his favor um, because he was able to form good relationships with artists that he worked with on Bubba and he ended up genuinely enjoying the process in the end this is basically kind of the central theme of Bubba forming and creating relationships in the different types and just how they vary depending on those types for, for instance, in the first track, Do It, the song kind of commands the listener to do it. And based on that kind of James Brown sampling, I can only surmise that he means to dance. He basically is tell, is demanding us to start grooving right now. Get on that mother freaking dance floor and start shaking that rump. <laughs> And then, but this kind of works in the opposite too. In the third track, Go DJ, basically the person singing, um, which I believe is Sir, he's him in the audience is kind of cheering and demanding the DJ to keep going, keep playing that song, like keep, you know, keep the vibes going. And both tracks are basically kind of that demonstration of the DJ and the audience relationship. The DJ brings the music and creates the mood and we the audience bring the energy and we dance. And you can you experience that yourself all the time when you go to clubs, when you go to a lounge, whatever you wherever you go to dance and drink or whatever, it it depending on the DJ they can either make the night or they can make the night terrible. And I've experienced both. So again, that artist, that audience DJ relationship is very much real. And um, depending on how it goes, you either end up loving that DJ or you're going to be like, uh-uh, that DJ is trash. Let's go somewhere else. Let's hit up another club, another bar because <laughs> X, Y, Z, you know? <laughs> Um, another example of the kind of relationship theme is a demonstration of another type of a relationship. And that is one that's very one sided or is one that where one person takes advantage of another in 10 percent featuring Kaylee Uchis. She keeps repeating. You keep taking from me. But where's my 10 percent? You keep taking from me. But I wonder where you went. Kaylee basically is associating with someone that keeps either kind of biting her style or taking advantage of their relationship and then just kind of running off to hang out with other people and in her words pretending to be who they are and this song kind of also alludes to Katronata's own fears of being taken advantage of as an artist um 
in business relationships, which he kind of explains in detail in an interview um, in Apple Music on a Apple Music interview. Hello. <laughs> Um, and I can just really go on and on, but that's just some of the examples. And I want to circle back to the album sound just a bit. So what I like is how each song segues from one to another, which makes it feel like a full DJ set. Um, the beats are smooth. There's this pulsating feel, um, kind of like a heartbeat. It's very groovy in the way that just kind of makes the listener like sway in an almost trance-like stasis. Um, and you'll definitely feel that vibe um, through tracks like What You Need featuring Charlotte Day Wilson or Free Fall featuring Duran Bernard, whose vocals are incredible by the way um and he's been gaining a lot of um popularity with the release of his album wanderlust um again i haven't even scratched the surface of all that uh, of all the details that make this album great all i can do is just recommend it highly and hope and pray that y'all will check it out for yourselves i feel like bubba has been katranada's best work so far but I may have to reconsider this because K. Trinata and rapper Amine just announced that they will be releasing a collab project together, which they are referring to it as K. Tramine. This is huge for fans as the two have collaborated for years on tracks like Yay Yay, La Danse, Not At All, which I think is a remix of At All by um, K. Trinata, of course, and Egyptian Lover by Reggie Snow. The, du the duo has furthered the anticipation um, with the release of the single Forever featuring Pharrell Williams, which is a bop, by the way. I recommend checking that one out as well. Um, Ketramine is set to be released May 12th, according to Pitchfork. Um, so until then, fans will just kind of have to wait and re-listen to Bubba. And for my listeners, I really recommend that all, I recommend all the tracks that I mentioned in the review, as well as tracks like Oh No featuring Estelle, Taste featuring Van Jess, and The Worst in Me featuring Tanashi. And out of the 17 tracks, I liked 14. Um, I have definitely gone back to listen to this album many times over the years from start to finish. Or you can listen to it on Shuffle. It still flows very well um, together, even on Shuffle. Ketronada's Bubba is definitely a music experience that you really don't want to miss. So go and check it out. It's on uh, many streaming platforms. I prefer Spotify, of course. <laughs> but it's also on other streaming sites. So please check Bubba out. It's absolutely amazing. And it's, again, you're going to thank me, all right? You're going to thank me. <laughs> all right, listeners, this concludes this week's episode of That's My Jam. Thank you so much for listening and showing support. If y'all got any comments or suggestions, please feel free to email the show at that'smyjam203 at gmail.com. Tune in next week for another review. And with that being said, I'm your host, Tammy with the Y, saying keep on rocking and show stopping. Bye, y'all.